<clears throat> you can turn to, actually, 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, and I'm going to pray. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for all that you are speaking to us about as a church. And Lord, I just pray that as we turn to your word tonight, that you would speak to our hearts afresh and that we would see a new understanding of your plan for us as your people, as your children. Father, I just thank you that you do love us, each one of us, no matter if we uh, are only just acquainted with you or we've known you for a long time. We thank you, Jesus, that you care for each and every one in this room. Amen. Amen. Okay, have I got my handkerchief because I'll need it probably. There we go, good. All right, I want to share on this in a moment. Before I do that, I just want to draw your attention to a couple of things. Um, We have coming up in the church here a couple of seminars. We have one next Wednesday evening on communication, and we have one on the 10th of October on healing. And some of what I'm going to say tonight will be applicable to that seminar. But I'm particularly asking those who have a responsibility within the church or feel a call to take a responsibility in the church in a certain area to be at these seminars. Uh, One of the things I discussed with George on coming here was the fact that Sometimes within the community here, people serve really well and get stuck in, but there's a disconnect between an area of service and responsibility and the senior leadership of the church. And therefore, if we want to build anything together, there has to be a place where I can have input into those that have an input into others. Do you hear what I'm saying? And therefore, this, these seminars are that. And in two years of doing Hope College, we've, only, we've always said it's voluntary, but I'm saying if you have a responsibility within Airedale Church or you feel a call to that responsibility, whether it be in pastoral work towards children, young people, and towards musicians, and towards adults, then I would suggest that you take some time to be at that seminar, particularly on the 10th of October. The good thing is that Priscilla, Priscilla, where are you? You're somewhere. There you are, right in front of me. <laughs> Priscilla is doing a, a meal that day free of charge, so that's a real blessing. So we need no, to know numbers. At the back of the room on the table, my left at the back there, there's some forms to fill in. About that, if you put your name on there and just tick which seminar you want to go to, there's four choices. There's two Hope College seminars on there as well. But I really believe, church, if we are going to build anything that, I, that God wants to build, there needs to be more of a connectivity with uh, me and the vision that God has given me with people already serving in the church. I mean, the, um, some of the amazing things I've heard since I've been here, I've heard through, from you know, pastoral ministries within the church, I don't need to tell you who I'm seeing and who I'm not seeing. Well, you don't need to tell me, but the issue is this, that it's good to know so I can pray for you and I can lift you up, uh, and there can be some kind of accountability to that. So that kind of, that kind of attitude, we, we just don't need amongst us. And, and I really believe that God wants to break in on that and, 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 and give us an understanding that actually um, leadership is not about control, but it is sometimes about being accountable and listening to what people say. Amen? Amen. So that's why we're going to do that on the 10th of October. I want to share tonight, um, particularly on wholeness and the Father's heart. And I want to just read this scripture that's on the screen for you. It says, now, the, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you. That's a word that many may not understand, but the word sanctify means to make you whole. 
It means to set you apart to God to make you whole on the inside. That God himself in the gospel isn't just asking us to have a ticket to heaven, but he's asking us to come into his wholeness now. Amen? He's asking us to enjoy peace on the inside no matter what you're going through in life. In relationship with Jesus, there is peace. The Bible word for peace or the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. It means nothing missing, nothing broken, and every bit put back together. It's a beautiful word, isn't it? And God wants to do that in our lives. And this this aged apostle, Paul, this leader in the church towards the end of his life, prays for this particular church group in Thessalonica, which is still a, a place today in our world. There was a church there, and he's praying for this church, and he's saying, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, holy. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be faultless and whole at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when Christ returns, there's going to be a whole company of people on the earth, the church, who are whole and are producing wholeness in other people. Anybody say amen to that? God wants that for us. Have you noticed, just to break it down, it says, may your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body be preserved blameless. The Bible teaches us quite clearly that God is three persons in one. He is what? Father, Son, and what? Holy Spirit. So his, the pinnacle of his creation, which is you and me, we're the pinnacle of God's creation. That's kind of cool, isn't it? We are triune beings as well. We have a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a body. Okay? So our spirit, when we become Christians, when we make a decision to accept what Jesus did for us on the cross, when we make a decision that he rose from the dead, that he took on himself at the cross, all our sin, all our pain, all our shame, he took it on so we could be free of it. When we make a decision to believe in what Jesus did for us and believe he rose from the dead and confess with our mouth that Jesus is our Lord, then we get saved. Does anybody agree with that? What does it mean to get saved? It means that we start the process of God's kind of wholeness in our lives. It's a process that starts that day. How does it start? God gives you a brand new spirit. Or what he does is, according to Romans, I think it's somewhere in Romans, it says that God, when, you, when, you get, when you get become a Christian, your spirit fuses together with the Holy Spirit. My favorite chocolate bar, which they've cancelled now, Cadbury's has just decided not to bother with it anymore, and I, I needed healing about it, was the, the chocolate bar Fuse. Anybody come across that chocolate bar? It was an amazing chocolate bar because it just had everything in it that you could ever need. It was almost one of your five a day. No, it wasn't. But anyway, <clears throat> it had raisins in, biscuits in, all sorts of nuts and whatnot, and it fused with the chocolate. It was fused together. But when you, were, when you were born again, you were fused together with uncreated life in God. The Holy Spirit and your spirit were fused together. And you became one spirit with, with God. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says that you became a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. And we quote it so often, you know, the, the scripture in the church context, we quote it so often. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Uh, you, whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And the problem with that is that Paul was talking about the spirit of a man. He wasn't talking about the soul of a man 
or the body of a man. He was talking about the spirit of a man. So we've been taught so often that, you know, we're a new creation. A number of years ago, we used to have songs about it. I am a new creation. We used to do a funny dance around the room singing that song. But the fact is that even though you're a new creation in your spirit, your soul and your body still have to go through the process of wholeness. Amen? And have you noticed it's the work that God does? He's faithful and he will do it. But we've got to receive that work that God does. Now, the scripture teaches quite clearly there is a distinction between the spirit and the soul. All right? Your soul, from the Bible's point of view, your soul is your mind, the way you think, the way you feel, and your decision-making processes. That's your soul. Your spirit is that which is created in God's image. And the powerful spirit that's within you, now that you've become a Christian, that spirit is just like Jesus. But your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions has to catch up with that spirit. Now, the soul is very powerful. Psychics use the soul. People involved in Satanism use the soul. It's very powerful. It has powerful effects. Those involved in hypnotherapy use the soul. It's very powerful. God wants to renew our soul. Jesus said this, What does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? He wasn't talking about going to hell. He wasn't talking about losing your spirit. He was talking about the fact there's no point if you own everything, have everything, have everybody, but you've got no control over your mind, your will, and your emotions. You've got no restoration and wholeness in your mind, your will, and emotions. It doesn't profit you at all. In fact, you can't enjoy what God gives you if there's no wholeness in your soul. Because it will never be enough. Paul said this, I'm content with little and I'm content with much. Why? Because he was going through a process of finding peace in his soul. So it doesn't really matter what the circumstances were. Wouldn't it be great to be like that? I said last week, we don't have to determine. We don't have to let anybody else determine how we feel. We can determine how we feel in Christ Jesus. The Bible talks in Hebrews chapter 4, one of the books of the New Testament, it talks about the fact that your spirit and your soul can be divided by the Word of God. So they're two distinct things. You are a human being, you have a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Your spirit and your soul will last beyond this life. Your body will not. You'll get a new body. But your spirit and soul will last beyond this life. Whether whether you're a Christian or not, that's going to happen. Your spirit and your soul will last forever. Amen? God wants us to, in this life, he wants us to go on a journey of not just having ourselves as a new creation in the spirit, but also in our soul be transformed. So you've got these scriptures like Romans 12, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, really, Paul's talking about the soul because he's a, he's a, he's, he's, his mindset is a Hebrew mindset and soul means mind. The Western society and Western philosophy has distinguished, has make, made a distinction between the mind and the emotions, or the mind and your decision-making processes, or your willpower. Can I suggest to you that in the Bible they're all the same thing? Soul, heart, and mind are interchangeable when you read the Scripture. So God wants to bring healing to our hearts. He wants to bring wholeness to our soul. It's the same way of saying the same thing. Do you understand? 
So God wants us to be whole. What does he say? May your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body be faultless and whole at the return of Jesus. That's what Jesus is waiting for, a church that's victorious in the earth. A people that are really going about doing the things that he did. You know, the church is, 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 is not supposed to be uh, a laughing stock on the face of the earth. And in some nations in the earth, it's not. In our nation, it is. But that's about to change. As up and down the country, we take hold of the fact that God wants to bring wholeness to our lives. Amen? Okay, there's three stages of wholeness or sanctification. The first stage happened when you became a Christian. According to what the Bible teaches, when you became a Christian, you were separated unto God. Paul says this, he says that you were translated out of the kingdom of darkness into this kingdom of light. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? That you were completely set apart to God in your spirit. You were consecrated, dedicated to God when you made that decision to follow him. The second stage of sanctification is to cleanse, to be made free from the guilt of sin by purifying internally, renewing of the soul, healing the heart. So basically as we walk in our Christian walk, as we learn more about the Lord in the word, as we fellowship with his spirit, as we enjoy his presence, what's happening to us is God is able to heal us up on the inside. Sanctification, wholeness of the soul, is a process. And it's a process worth going on. It's a process that's not to be ignored. Amen? It's a process not to be ignored. God wants to heal us up on the inside. Every trauma, every pain, every hurt, because we live in a fallen world and we live in a place where people say things and do things that hurt our hearts and hurt our soul. And maybe even when you were little kids, these things happened. Jesus Christ has made provision for that on the cross, for us to be healed on the inside. He's made provision for us to be healed. Why? Because he loves us. There's no other reason for that. And, and he wants us to be free from the guilt of the, thing, of the mistakes we've made and the things that have happened to us. You know, <clears throat> I've been a church pastor now for nearly 13 years and some of the pastoral encounters I've had in counseling people, even people who've been abused, sometimes they think or feel it's their fault. Somehow they did something to, to, to see that happen. Well, can I just say to you, if that's you, you didn't. And I'll tell you what, it wasn't God's will either. God wasn't in control of that situation, but if you allow God in, he will heal you up from the inside. Amen. He will heal you up because he wants to heal you because God is what? Love. Love always wants to heal. Amen? So there's the second stage of sanctification. I really believe that many of us as Christians are still just at the first stage. We, we recognize that we have been set apart by God because we've become a Christian. And we may read the Bible and we may go to church. We may do all those things. But we still don't allow God to heal us up on the inside in our soul. And God wants to heal us up in the way we think and the way we feel and our decision-making processes and our willpower, all those things he wants to heal up on the inside of us. He wants to uh, let us see what he sees, to see clearly rather than seeing through a glass dimly. Amen? Now, this third stage of sanctification or being set apart is this, to become hallowed, venerable, and honorable. 
You know, in some denominations, they put a, a title in front of certain clergy, the venerable so-and-so, the venerable Reverend Billy Booseboos, for example. And they use this title because they're saying this person is consecrated, they've been prayed over by people to be set apart for the service they're giving. I quite like that title, the venerable Jeff Newton, that's not bad. Maybe we'll have that, no, I'm joking. But basically, the, 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 the third part of God setting you apart is as he's healing you up on the inside, you get a new view of yourself and it's an honorable view. Regardless of what other people see, other people are so fickle sometimes, they see all sorts of stuff and it's not even worth going there. You know, it's just not worth going there. But let me say this to you, God wants you to see what he sees about you. God wants you to have his view of you as a person. Because his view of you as a person is good. He loves you. The Bible says he's overcome with one glance of your eye. He absolutely adores you as a father with, with a child he adores. I have three wonderful children. I'm so blessed with my kids. They're amazing kids. They're so beautiful. I just don't know how that happened. It must be their mother. But, but physically, they're just amazing. They're just amazing. And they're just lovely kids, but I'm so overwhelmed with how much I love my kids. I'm so overwhelmed with that, but but that times a trillion is how God feels about you and me. Times a trillion is what God feels about you and me. And when when you know you're loved, there's, there's a sense of, not pride, but a sense of confidence, isn't there? When you really know you're loved, there's a sense of confidence on the inside. Not arrogance. But confidence, arrogance is basically inverted insecurity. But confidence comes through knowing that you're loved. Confidence means this, you don't have to win every argument. Confidence means you don't have to um, always be the one that's heard. Confidence means you're able to hold your tongue because your security is not in your ability to win over people, but is is in your father's love for you. God is amazing, isn't he? And he loves us so much. This word honorable can be translated hallowed or venerable. And I was just meditating on this, that God wants, this sounds a strange thing, he wants to hallow us. He wants, to, he wants us to know we're honored. Think about it, this, how honored are we as people, whether you are a Christian or a non-Christian? You were so honored that Jesus Christ, the creator of heaven and the earth, got on a cross for you so you could know him. And know that he loves you completely. He died an awful death so that you could be set free. That's how much you're honored. Isn't that amazing? So when I started thinking about this, I, just what came into my, my, my heart, I believe was of the Holy Spirit, was the Lord's Prayer. How does it start? If you can read, then it'll be on the screen for you. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, this has been so religiousized. We just say it wrote, don't we? And we don't really pay attention to what we're saying. But think about this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. What does name mean? Identity. Jesus was asking his disciples to pray. Father, speaking to the Father. A a direct connection with Father God. Not some intermediary. A direct connection with Father God. Hallowed be your name. What does that mean? Honored be your identity in the earth. Who is his identity in the earth? It's you and me. We are supposed to be God's identity in the earth. 
As we allow God to heal us up on the inside, we become more honorable in the way we think about ourselves, the way we think about other people, the way we think about God. And what happens is, what happens is that his identity is then honored in the earth. What's the next part of the prayer? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How we're going to see earth be like heaven? I believe it starts with a church with individuals that recognize a need to let God show them on the inside how honorable they can be by his love healing them up on the inside. And as a result of that, we're going to see heaven come to earth. Because what we've seen is, we've seen miracle signs and wonders. We've seen these things happen in fits and starts in the church for 2,000 years. But we've not seen a constant flow of the miracle working power of God. But I believe it will happen as a constant flow like it did in Jesus' ministry. It was a constant flow when we realize how much we're loved, how much God wants to heal us up on the inside from all our insecurities, from all the things that people have caused hurts on our heart about, and as we realize that before him we're honored. Oh God, it's not about me being honored, it's about you being honored. Can I say to you that God is honored when you realize how much you're honored? I don't think I agree with that. Can I say to you as a father that if, 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 if my kids are in rags, not fed, that has no honor for me at all. No honor. How much more our Heavenly Father? You're saying, well, Jeff, you're equating God with an earthly father. Well, that's exactly what Jesus did in his teaching. So I'm in good company, aren't I? God wants us to know that we are loved. Okay, let's go to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, which is a pastoral term, isn't he? He cares for me. I shall not be in want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of what? Right standing with him. A righteous identity for his name's sake. God wants to restore our soul. He wants us to stop saying things about ourselves that bring us down. Stop saying things about other people that bring them down. He wants us to see ourselves and other people through his heart of love. Amen? Amen. Another translation of that scripture says this. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. By the waters of reflection, my soul remembers who I am. I shared this a while ago. I think Fraser shared it last week as well from the mirror translation. How do I know that? Because he stole my mirror translation to have a look at it. He didn't steal it. I gave it to him. But it's a great translation. It says, he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. By the waters of reflection, my soul remembers who I am. You know, there's so much stuff that happens to us in life that makes us feel that we're a certain way makes us feel that we, we are inadequate in some way because we've done this or somebody's done this to us. But as we allow God to heal us up on the inside, what happens is that our soul, our mind, will, and emotions remember who we really are in Christ Jesus, that we're a son, highly loved, highly favored. 3 John 1, 2 to 4 says this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. That's an amazing scripture, isn't it? I'm going to go quick because of time. Just bear with me. I've got loads of good Bible verses here. I'll share them with you another time. Here's another one. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 3 to 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion. Compassion is love in action. And the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble 
with the comfort we ourselves are given from God. There's a resource of comfort in God. There's a resource of restoration in God in our hearts that we can overflow with to those around us. So often as Christians, we give out of a a place of being empty ourselves because we feel we have to, to be good Christians. But God wants to so fill us with his comfort and his love that we overflow to those around us. We've got energy and time and love for those around us, not because of our own ability to have strength, but because of his comfort and compassion towards us. You see, the deal is this, that as we realize that God wants to heal us up on the inside, and he wants us to see ourselves in a fresh way, a good way, what will happen is this, we'll start to see other people differently. We'll start to give other people a chance. We'll start to discern in other people the heart of God and the situations they face we'll be able to help them with this is what the church is supposed to be about and I'll close with this in Ephesians chapter 3 Paul says that God's intent was through the church to make the many sided that's what manifold means many sided wisdom of God known to those who rule those in authority in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose he accomplished in Christ in him and through faith in him we may approach God with freedom and confidence. That's talking about you and me. We can approach God with freedom and confidence. That doesn't mean a lack of reverence. It doesn't mean, you know, sort of you can get away with murder. No, no, I'm just talking about the fact that as as children, we can approach God with freedom and confidence. God wants through the church his wisdom to be seen, his glory to be seen. And Paul goes off the point a little bit in this bit of scripture and then comes back to it in his prayer for the church. A few verses later he says, for this reason, what's the reason? What he's just said, he wants the world to know the wisdom of God through the church, through the people of God, the church of the people of God. He wants the world out there, people out there to know his wisdom, his love and his heart and his mind for them through God's people. For this reason, he says, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its identity. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit. For what reason? Why do we need the spirit? So the church can display the wisdom of God. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have the power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the full measure of God. It's a powerful scripture. But Paul is saying literally for the reason that God wants to display his wisdom to rulers and authority and to the whole world, he wants to display his nature to them. Paul prays that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit and you would receive the love of the Father and that you would start to know that love that surpasses all, just all knowledge that doesn't come from experience of that love. And that you would know that love through reading the scripture, through encounter with him in his presence, through prayer, through just knowing that he's there with you all the time. No matter if you feel it or you don't, God is with you and he loves you. And as we receive that love and receive the Holy Spirit, what's happening is this, is we are being filled up and healed up on the inside and then God's going to display his wisdom and his glory through us. Did anybody say amen to that? Lastly, for the whole of creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. God is looking for his church to represent him in the earth in fullness. And that's only going to happen 
if we decide that we're going to allow God to heal us up on the inside. Would you stand with me, please? Just close your eyes in his presence.